T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Every single day, reality calls, and the Biden administration just hangs up. I don't care what corporate media outlets say. I don't care what Hollywood says. I don't care what big corporations say. Mark Reardon. Can you provide a definition for the word woman? All I ask is that you're a woman. Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. The Mark Reardon <laughs> Show is on now. That's what we're dealing with in soon to be 2023. I'm Ryan Recker filling in for Mark Reardon. And I had to talk my wife down today because she wanted to give all of our presents to our kids today. Seriously? She oh, yeah. she got excited. That happens to me every now and then. It's good you talked her down. I had to. And it's so easy to get excited because you're like, oh, I can't wait to see their reaction. They're going to love it. The kids off of school had an extra day because, you know, they closed school early because of the weather on Thursday. So they were a little antsy. So they decided to make Christmas cookies that kind of helped pass the time. But then my wife drops the, you know, we should just let the kids open the presents today. And, of course, the kids go crazy. And, of course, I say, no, it's a little early. It's two days to Christmas. And now I'm the bad guy because I'm the Grinch. That said no to opening presents. So I feel like my wife was setting me up. I think she was purposely doing that just so the kids would turn on me and she would look like the good parent. Uh, well, if so. that, no, certainly not. She would just no. swept away in the holiday know, spirit. Into the moment of it all. I get that. I don't know if you know this, um, but you do, of course, Sue. I, I just say that, <laughs> but I know you know. But <laughs> can I say one of the um, best presence that I've ever received in radio is something that they do right here on 97.1. I'm going to be filling in for Mark Cox on Monday and they start the show an hour later the day after a holiday. I didn't know that. That's fantastic. I had no idea. That's great. Wait, have you not worked after a Christmas or New Year? Uh, Not on this station, no. Oh, okay. Well, then that's a new thing. I just thought, oh, yeah, you've you've, uh, received this wonderful gift. So normally the Mark Cox Morning Show Uh -uh. starts at 5 a.m. And after a holiday like Christmas or New Year, they started at 6 a.m. So I get a a message from the boss. Trisha's like, oh, hey, you don't have to start till 6. It's like, what do you mean I don't have to start till 6? It's it's like a gift. It's wonderful. It's one of the best. Because in radio, I don't think people realize this. 
this happens all the time at radio stations. You'll get a message from corporate or from the management that'll say, hey, you guys are doing so great. Why don't you take a half day? Except for you on air people, you still have to do all your same work. They're really talking about the administrative and sales staff. So we don't ever get like advantages of coming in uh, late or leaving early. It just never happens. This is the first time I think in my radio career I've been given the gift of being able to come in later. It's wonderful. Just wonderful. That's great. So, Merry Christmas to uh, everyone. I hope that the people listening today may get a gift as good as that or better would be nice. Um, yeah, the wind chills last night have just been so, so bad. The late night wind chills, I think, marked the top 10 coldest marks in St. Louis history. And I've been watching it in the wind chills being, what, 32 below, I think, is where it dipped down to, something like that. 32 below zero in the late evening hours. And that is terrible but i'm here to luckily report my furnace is able to keep up so happy for that i think the sweet talk's working yeah that must have done it congratulations oh furnace like you've been doing great and i just got to go down and give it some reinforcements positive reinforcements oh you're doing so great giving it a little pat on the side oh keep it up you can do it and just making it know i'm on the same side as it now it started to make a little bit of a noise uh, earlier, and I got a little concerned. I thought, please don't do this to me. But it hasn't been running 24-7, which is nice. So maybe my insulation is pretty nice. Um, if you've been following, too, people that have been trying to travel, this wind has been terrible over on the East Coast. The wind's been knocking trees down. And when it's 32 below zero, imagine your power going out. Some people have lost water in the St. Louis region as well. I think today they had about 6,000 delays, 4,500 cancellations to flights around the country. And that's on top of some of the other problems they ran into yesterday and will continue to run into as they try to reschedule people back onto these flights. It's just absolutely a nightmare. There was a uh, pilot. I did a show for another radio station this morning in Greenville, South Carolina. So they were just starting to get like super cold, but they were hitting, getting the winds and getting the power outages. And a pilot messaged and said that he's been waiting for four days and for five times his flights have been postponed or canceled just waiting to uh, hop on that next flight. It's just been so terrible for pretty much everyone involved. So if you're stuck, um, we're thinking about you. We hope that you get to your destination before Christmas and all is well. One other thing that I wanted to bring up is that last night they had the bragging rights game between Missouri and Illinois. And I thought I'm at the age where I would skip that game, but it was a sold out crowd last night. Uh, why? Why go out to a game when the weather conditions are that cold? Don't you just want to stay home and forget about it to begin with? I, I am definitely too old and grumpy to want to deal with the cold to go out even to a sporting event I'm excited about. So here's uh, KMOV last night talking to some of the fans going. But the one thing fans could agree on tonight is they were not going to let snow or this cold stop them from the annual game. Colder than hell. <laughs> it is really, that winds really get you. But the bragging rights game is a tradition for this Illinois couple. This is about my, what, 20th or something like that. I said I wouldn't miss it for anything, you know. So the Illinois couple comes out here. They look to be in their 60s. They are trying to walk on snow and ice, not falling over because one slip will take out their hip. I mean, that's how they look. And they're coming from Illinois. And Missouri outplays them. Illinois <laughs> takes the big loss. So they come out here. They see their team blown out. And they got to be thinking to themselves, I risk my life coming to watch this game at Enterprise. And this is what I got for it. Blowout. I get blown out. Come on now. 
at some point you have to just, you know, watch it on TV or listen to it on the radio and just eat the cost of the ticket knowing that ugh, it's too icky outside to go out. I'm also at the age where I used to go to concerts all the time and you would stand for like five, six hours watching bands play today. If I can't be guaranteed to sit down to watch the show, I don't want to go do it anymore. Like it's too much of an inconvenience standing up during a live performance. I'm just getting too old for this stuff. Little, let alone going out when the weather is absolutely terrible. A uh, couple of other things I want to get to. President Biden had his Christmas address. He said some nice things, some heartfelt things. And this is the part that I, I wonder to myself. I, it's almost like it's you could package a nice message, a Christmas message together to the American people as if they have no context to compare it to anything else that's happened in the previous year or two to the start of the Biden administration. Part of it was him talking about how Christmas is hard. He lost his wife and child in a car accident some, I think he said, 30 years ago. And that's terrible. When you lose a family member around Christmas, it's a very, very difficult and painful thing because every year you're reminded about it when everyone else is happy. And that's something that uh, grief is a, a thing that you just find is amplified when it's around a holiday. And that's just true. So I feel for him there. And he goes on to the speech and Again, he, I think he sets this up and talks about it to say that, you know, we've all had tough times. I've had tough times. That's the type of feeling he gets. And then he moves on to say things are going to get better, which overall would be a nice message. But when it's coming from the president of the United States, you're looking around and saying, wait a minute, you've been promising things are great already, right? Things are pretty good right now. Here's a part of that message. Our politics has gotten so angry, so mean, so partisan. And too often we see each other as enemies, not as neighbors as Democrats and Republicans, not as fellow Americans. We've become too divided. But as tough as these times have been, if we look a little closer, we see bright spots all across the country. The strength, the determination, the resilience that's long-defined America. We're surely making progress. Things are getting better. Things are getting better. And I, I want to focus on that because I was trying to reflect on it, thinking the way our country is and all of the actual struggles that most people encounter on a day to day basis have to do with a lot of his policies, the way the inflation has risen, the way that energy costs have risen in the way that just basically the, the cost to do anything is more expensive. If you have a family, you're losing a ton of money because of that. It's just to be able to drive to work costs more than it used to. The goods that you buy, the food that you need to put onto the table, that costs more. The loans that you take out, car payments, more expensive because of the shortages. When it comes to mortgages, more expensive because of the interest rates. If you rent, it's probably gone up. It's been a tough couple of years, and they keep saying these things are getting better, but they're not projecting them to get better. And I, I keep hearing this, that, oh, it's a Republican and Democrat thing, and we need to put that aside. And all the politicians say the same thing. And it, it's a nice message for around Christmas. But we've gotten to the point where in the last some years, you have Democrats that are going after Supreme Court justices. I mean, I, I, you can say that you hate Donald Trump. I get it. In the past you know, uh, administration, you can say that you hate that. And even today, Nancy Pelosi comes out with her last address as Speaker of the House, and she won't even address him by name. He says, what's his name instead of saying President Trump? And Biden comes out and he's thinking, OK, we're going to have to put out the same old dog and pony show. We're going to say we need to come together. We don't have to look at each other as Republicans and Democrats. We can look at each other as neighbors. And for the most part, I think people that are your actual neighbors, you look at them that way. Uh, I think that the people that live on your street, 
you take care of them. You want to look after the person when you notice they need a hand. You can go over and say hi and say, hey, can you help? You need some help. You know, the elderly neighbor down the road that is having trouble getting some of the snow removed. Can you go do that for him? Sure. I think people do that sort of thing, and they don't really think about political affiliation with it anymore. But, but the thing that I, I look at is, as the president of the United States, you specifically bring up this Democrat-Republican stuff. And I, how do I ignore the way the Democratic Party acted during the Trump administration when they purposely forced the hand to make things toxic in order to punish the person they didn't like? And the more we learn about that period and the way that they treated uh, social media and the press, and we talk about fake uh, making up stories, fake investigations, nonstop perpetually over and over and over again to the point where you're now uh, talking about death threats to Supreme Court justice members. That's where you have to say, uh, do we have no context to the way your party has acted the past five, six, seven years? I mean, it would be nice if we all got along, and I think we want to. But it's difficult to get along when you say something that should be non-controversial, which is, hey, stop grooming kids. Maybe the sexualizing children inside of schools is a bad thing. And you say something like that, and then they call you every name in the book. And that's not a Democrat-Republican thing. That's something the party has been pushing. Can we just get away from those things and think about if, we, if this were happening to my kids and this were happening to my neighbor's kids, would you step in and try to stop it? And I think most people would say, yeah, I think Republican, Democrat, it wouldn't matter. These are the type of topics. And th that's the problem. You represent the party and one of the parties, I should say. It's no one's really innocent in this. You represent one of the parties that's guilty of doing this. And you can't come out saying I'm greater than thou. I'm going to just uh, solve it with this one speech. And no one's buying that. That was uh, President Trump. And he had one, or excuse me, President Biden. He had one other thing here. I sincerely hope this holiday, this holiday season will drain the poison that has infected our politics and set us against one another. I hope this Christmas season marks a fresh start for our nation because there's so much that unites us as Americans, so much more that unites us than divides us. We're truly blessed to live in this nation, and I truly hope we take the time to look out Look out for one another, not at one, look for one another. Yeah, and you know what? That's it, It's a perfectly fine message, and I wouldn't trade this country for any other. I wouldn't want to move and try to adopt another country, as some have said they would leave if they didn't like the person in power. Ugh, roll your eyes at that, but still, I wouldn't want to give up everything that this country means and continues to mean and the protections given by the Constitution by God to say that the government can't infringe on these things, as in the government didn't give these to you. They can't take them away. That's the way it's written. It's just beautifully thought out to, to know that government corruption and the powers that they have could be abused if you say it any other way. And you see these in other countries. And I get it. This is great. But I just don't look at this and say you can't ignore the past several years and to say that you're above it all now without acting and actually being above it. And the only thing I think he can say in his defense is that he hides and stays away from most controversial things and he refuses to talk to the press and he just basically shies away from them. That's like the best he can say. Like, you know, when mom told you in the, back in the day, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. You're the president. That doesn't work. <laughs> Okay, that was uh, the presidential address. I went off on that a little bit longer than I thought I would. Uh, joining us after the break, uh, and, and looking a little bit closer into what's going on locally here, taxpayer and a watchdog, a local watchdog, Tom Sullivan, joining us. He's had some great con uh, opinion pieces come out recently about the convention center in downtown St. Louis. I want to talk to him about that coming up. I'm Ryan Recker filling in on 97.1 FM Talk.
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And I'm Ryan Recker filling in. He's a government watchdog uh, watching at least issues in the city and county and whenever there's an issue in the county he's one of my favorite people to talk to because he's got such a great history of events things that have happened in the past tom sullivan joins us now welcome to 97.1 tom thank you ryan nice to be with you merry christmas to you used to send out the christmas cards but since i don't really work in the office anymore uh, i miss getting that it was always a nice little thing (laughs) um let me um ask you about the convention and visitors commission and the convention center i should say because recently one of the big headlines is oh we don't have enough money anymore isn't that always the case you wrote an opinion piece about deception on the convention center expansion in kitty ratcliffe i was hoping we can talk about that uh overall when you see the massive amount of money and time and energy spent into this thing in the history of the convention center and how they've tried to expanded, asking for more and more money. There's been a lot of problems with it. I'm hoping that we can maybe go through the history of the convention center and where it stands today. Well, it started a couple of years ago when they decided that they were going to uh, enlarge the convention center that they have in downtown St. Louis. And the deal that was struck was uh, they were going to get $6 million a year for 40 years from the city and the county. That's a total of $480 million. Well, as part of the deal in the county, um, Hazel Irby, who was the councilwoman who was carrying the legislation, uh, she had asked for something for her district, some kind of a recreation center, and the council was, was pretty good with that. So that was a deal that was struck in 2019. So then it comes up to the following year, and uh, Kitty Radcliffe, the president of the Convention Visitors Commission, she asked the council to, to advance $15 million so they could get going. Well, they did so, but then they asked about the, what's going on with the recreation center. Oh, we're studying it. You and we still haven't still haven't come up with a with a final plan. Then it gets up to a, a, another year. It comes up to 2020, and still hadn't been uh, still has no no word on the on the on the recreation center. So I had brought it up at a, at a county council meeting, and the council chair, uh, Rita Days, she had said that she has not she had not heard anything. So then they started. Asking, you know, what's going on with that? Well, 
Kitty Radcliffe just decided to delay, delay some more, and, and that's what she's been doing now. Finally, in October of last year, she comes up with this convoluted study and says, well, here's what we come up with, and, you know, it's all yours now. Well, the, the thinking was that she was going to be the one who was going to plan on the, on the recreation center, and they were going to be the ones to build it. That's what everybody was thinking, but she didn't say that at, at the beginning, but then two and a half years later, she, she says that. So now we come up to earlier this year, and she's claiming that the due to the fact uh, that inflation and everything, the convention center expansion is now going to need another $88 million. Well, needless to say, that's a pretty good, uh, pretty hefty amount. And then we come up to the RAM settlement, and they decide they're going to give $30 million to help pay for the, for the extra cost. And then, of course, she's now complaining that even that, of course, is not going to be enough, but she's blaming it all on the county council, claiming <laughs> that they delayed. Well, they didn't delay. She's the one who caused all the problems. She's the one who caused the delay. She's the one who caused the additional cost. So that's where things stand, uh, stand now. They're going to be trying to get in some additional funding, and then I wouldn't be surprised if they want some more of the, uh, the ramp settlement money, but yeah. we will see. It's never ending, and you do deserve a lot of credit for this because this idea that a recreation center needs to be built. I remember when you brought that up to county council, and they completely forgot about it as if, oh, yeah, uh, whatever happened with that? And that's something they should have been on top of. I mean, that's a pretty big project, all things considered. And it's you that has to remember and remind them <laughs> about this. Um let me talk more about the convention center. So the idea and originally the argument was that if we were to expand the convention center, it would mean we can get more larger conventions in and big shows and it would pay for itself. And it's something that's holding St. Louis back because we don't have the space. There's already a lot of objections to begin with on that, to say that just magically speaking, if you build it, they will come. But the other side of it is uh, infrastructure side. Weren't they trying to build hotels and stuff to try to like add extra like, hey, we need more accommodations downtown in order for it to work as well? Well, that's that's for sure. Though, if you back up to the dome, that was the problem that they had was, you know, they had using the same arguments then that if we build this bigger convention center, we're going to get all this business, and and all these people are all these hotel uh, owners are going to want to put a hotel in downtown St. Louis. Well, it never happened. They finally did build what's called the convention hotel, or, and, and the city had to subsidize it to tens of millions of dollars. I remember Ray Hartman called it a boondoggle for for the ages. But none of the things that they were promising came true. Nobody wanted to build all these hotels. There was no revitalization of of uh, downtown St. Louis. And also the, the dome was supposed to not only pay for itself, but provide plenty of revenue every year. They said it would provide $41 million every year to the state, $19 million to the city, and $7 million a year to the county. Of course, none of that was true, but... You know that was the big that was the big selling points. So 30 years after the dome, uh, none of the things have come true. The dome needs uh, many millions of dollars to fix the roof and, and and many other things. And now at the same time, they're saying we need to expand the convention center. And I'm not sure how it's going to all end, but uh, you know they're they're it's a lot of money that they're throwing around. So you got the 480 million dollars from the city and the county coming, and that's going to pay for the bonds. So now they got the $30 million on top of that from the RAM settlement money, so they're up to 510 And they're probably going, according to them, they're going to need even more. So the cost just keeps going and going up. Yep. And you have to, at some point, 
evaluate it and say, is it worth it, the money that you're going to throw into it? And if you do the cost analysis, I would say it's a tough sell, but somehow she did it. But as your opinion piece in the post, uh, post, uh, it brings up the idea that there's a lot of deception that goes around with it too. I think that if you were to earmark some of the key points, here's what's going to happen if you expand it and they don't meet those earmarks, then uh, especially given the history of it, then you don't even consider giving it more money. Um, that's really, I think, how you'd be financially responsible with a city that has an influx of money, you don't want to waste it because this might be your only shot to fix a lot of other things in the region. Uh, Tom Sullivan, a local watchdog, and I saw another opinion piece you put about about Sam Page missing some more county council meetings. At this point, does he miss more than he makes, and has he missed more meetings than Steve Stanger? No, I don't think he, he he's missed more than uh, Steve Stinger. Steve Stinger got to the point where he didn't show up at all. Sam Page, he's he since August he's missed eight. Of course, he's supposed to. He's supposed to he's supposed to make every one. The county charter mandates it, but he has missed eight since August, and uh, we'll have to see what he does at the at the beginning of the year. Yeah, let's let's discuss county politics. Um, you lost your seat. They like moved your dedicated seat you had because you were going to so many of these uh, council meetings. You had a nice little groove going in the cushion. So, uh, have you still been attending these in person? And what have they been like lately? No, I have. I, I still have my reserve seat. They moved that. Uh, they just moved it back a little bit. They had to to put up a uh, section there for for uh, disabled folks, and uh, so I got I got moved a little bit. Okay, so you got a you got a place uh, reserved. I think you have your own escort to your seat, like they see it's you, and they'll say, "Right this way, Mr. Sullivan." Um, okay, so the county council meetings, um, there got some excited uh, county council meetings during the pandemic. Of course, a lot of people worked up with the restrictions and whatnot. Has it calmed down? Have you seen kind of back to normal with that? Uh, it has calmed down. There was quite a battle going on about the masks. Uh, you know, about various other related uh, related matters, whether or not, you know, county workers should have to be uh, vaccinated. And that got to be pretty hot and heavy for a while. And uh, it, it has finally, finally calmed down. And uh, meetings are kind of somewhat back to back to normal. But uh, at the last meeting, not only did Sam Page not show up, but we had uh, three council members also not show up. So uh, they we'll wait and see what happens at the first of the year. Did uh, you ever find out what happened to your mystery washing machine that you've been trying uh, to hunt down for years? I have not, and I keep bringing that up, and I'm going to keep bringing it up. Uh, if you recall, this is the $2,200 that was spent for a washer and a dryer when Steve Singer was the uh, county executive. And I have no idea well, who ordered it. I mean, I assume Steve Singer did, or at least somebody in his office. Well, then the question is, where did it go? And you know, not only that, you have to you have to wonder what other things were bought out of this account. Nobody seems to know uh, what account it was, and the director of administration can't come up with an answer. The county executive's office can't come up with an answer, and I've been bugging the uh, the, the new county auditor about it, and uh, so far uh, she has not been able to come up with an answer. So we'll keep going on that uh, in the new year. No surprise there. Uh, did you hitch a ride on the trolley lately? <laughs> <laughs> uh no the trolley of course is in for the winter and yeah. uh it, it's still it's still pretty much pathetic the last weekend that it was running uh i think on the on the, the saturday it had the most people i've seen in a long time it actually had six riders oh wow it was running just thursday friday saturday and sunday and then on the thursday 
the last Thursday that it ran, uh, no, not a single passenger could be spotted riding it. So nothing's changed on that, and they're, but they're going to just keep on running it. Yeah, that's the thing. You have been paying attention to this so much that you will keep a mental note if you actually see someone using this public service in the way that they tried to pitch it. That's something only you, Tom Sullivan, I think, is paying attention to. So I do appreciate that. Uh, Are there any other matters or topics that are on your radar right now in the city or county that uh, you think needs more attention? Oh, right now I'm looking at uh, an emergency repair that the sewer district's doing over in downtown Clayton. Uh, $1.2 million. I have no idea what, what caused it. They're building a big uh, building there. So that's one thing I've, uh, I'm looking into. So uh, there's always something going on. You are uh, great at what you do. You've been paying attention for a very long time. And I got to say, Tom, anytime we message out to you and there's something going on in the county, I say, I got to talk to Tom Sullivan. You always come on. So I wanted to thank you, wish you a Merry Christmas, and I really appreciate the time, sir. And uh, best to the new year to you. Thanks, Ryan, and uh, Merry Christmas to you. Tom Sullivan, you can find his work. uh, Often you'll see him at the county council meetings. Find his dedicated seat. Uh, He's normally wearing sunglasses to try to get away from the paparazzi, but if you do come up with an 8x10 glossy photo of him, from what I understand, he keeps Sharpie markers in his pocket. He will pull one out, and he will sign autographs, but you have to be very nice. Tell him you heard about it on 97.1, and then he'll sign perhaps his name with some stars around it on top of that. But when it comes to like wasteful government spending, Tom Sullivan is a star to me Uh, to keep accountability and government spending. It's so important in today's world because so many people, they just don't pay attention and so much money is wasted. And how many times have we seen corruption over and over and over again in city and county politics and corruption around money? I mean, we're coming off of Steve Stanger and we got Sam Page and we even had the aldermanic president in the city of St. Louis uh, bribery and all kinds of other issues. It's so important to pay attention to these things. And I always appreciate that we have people like Tom Sullivan around who's been doing it for years. Uh, When we come back, few different stories I want to talk about. Nancy Pelosi's last presser. I wanted to play a few clips from that. And I saw this one story about a woman who had a car stolen from her, and now she's suspected of murder. What a story here in St. Louis, which we'll get to in a couple of minutes. I'm Ryan Recker filling in for Mark Reardon on 97.1 FM Talk. Welcome back. Yeah, Tom Sullivan's great. I, I really enjoy him and what I want to keep up with, what's going on, money-wise, anything else, just corruption in general. He's so good at putting context into the issues that we've seen in the city and county, and there is a lot of issues that are worthy of addressing. KSDK put up the story, and I've seen it some other places too, but in the, the way they talk about this story, I can imagine it in my head, and I would wonder what an average person would do. In the city of St. Louis, You have a 35-year-old woman who had her Hyundai Tucson stolen from her from North Broadway. And, well, no, it wasn't stolen from Broadway. It was stolen from somewhere else, but the car ended up in North Broadway. So the woman, 35, had her car stolen from her, and then she tracked the car down. It's about 1030 at night. Inside the car, a 19-year-old and a 49-year-old considered, I guess, the ones that may have stolen the car. So she finds her car. It's at a gas station, as I'm sure some people after their car or property have been stolen. First thought is, I need to drive around and find it. Maybe they're close. So they go to the Broadway gas station there, and she finds her car parked. 
And she says, I'm going to get my car back. So this is what the woman's accused of doing, pulling out a gun and shooting and killing the man inside. There was an innocent bystander that was also killed in the process. And another man was critically injured just being at the wrong place at the wrong time because she was trying to hurt the person that stole her car. So this happens at night. Uh, St. Louis attorney Kim Gardner's office charging her with two counts of first-degree murder, three counts of armed criminal action, and one count of first-degree assault. This is a complicated case because I know a lot of people are frustrated. When a car is stolen, that's a pretty big deal. And I can imagine the temptation to confront the person that stole your vehicle is pretty high for some people, especially at night, and you see the thing, and you get angry and upset. But here's what ended up happening. The worst case scenario, innocent people got caught in your drama. Innocent people got caught in that theft, and now they lost their life because of it. It's terrible, and that's not forgivable. You can't just write that off and to say, oh, the bad guys got what's coming to them. No, innocent people were killed because of this, and now her life's over because of this stupid car. And how bad is it in the city of St. Louis where this is where it's considered the only way to get your property back? If someone steals from you, what are you going to do? Like, Are you going to rely on them finding your car outside of it being abandoned, missing parts and the catalytic converter and the tires and the stereo and whatever uh, somewhere else on the side of the road, you know, a month later? Is that what you're going to wait for? Uh, I think for some people, they get worried and they think that, you know, I'm going to the only way I'll be able to get to work tomorrow is if I find this thing now because I can't afford a rental or I can't afford to go get another car while insurance works this thing out. And who knows even if this person had insurance? It's just a weird, terrible story. Another um, thing I wanted to grab from this Nancy Pelosi press conference, kind of moving on to this, it was her last presser as Speaker of the House uh, as she gets ready to step down, and a new Speaker will take over with the Republicans now taking control of Congress, uh, of the House, I should say. And Nancy Pelosi, as part of her press conference, mentioned something that I thought was kind of interesting. Let me play this for you. This is my final weekly press conference, and some of you have been... Right away. Doesn't she sound like a robot? This is my final weekly press conference. It sounds like AI generated the Nancy Pelosi voice. This is my last press conference. This is my final weekly press conference. The more I listen to it, the more it sounds like a robot. This is my final weekly press conference. And some of you have been covering Congress for a long time. Others are new. Uh, All of you are guardians of democracy. You've heard me say again and again, if there were one freedom in the First Amendment, the freedom of, uh, of the press that would be the one that protects and defends all the other freedoms. Oh, boy. All right. Let's talk about that real quick. So I find that a controversial statement, honestly. <laughs> so the First Amendment provides that Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting its free exercise. It protects the freedom of speech, the freedom of press and assembly, right, to petition the government Um, These are very important rights that are protected in the First Amendment of the Constitution. When I look at those rights, I don't necessarily think the freedom of press is the most important of all of those, mostly because not everyone is considered the press, but free speech, everyone as an individual has free speech. So you have the ability to raise your voice and to petition the government or petition other things or to express yourself artistically and do other things in your life without necessarily meaning it's press. So for Nancy Pelosi to say specifically to a group of reporters that the First Amendment protections, the press is the most important of all of that, I kind of disagree, but I think it's telling that 
when you're speaking to reporters and the way that reporters have covered you and the way that you manipulate and also try to hide stories, decept people. Yeah, that's a very important tool. I can see why you would think the press is the most important because it helps you with your bidding. And they've done very little to push back on the things that they should have been pushing back with this whole time, at least some people in the press. Maybe that's why you have that sort of relationship with them. I don't exactly know where Nancy Pelosi is going to go from here on out. So is she going to have committee hearings? Is she going to have a dedicated office? She's been in there for so long. Is she just going to step down eventually? What exactly is going to happen to Nancy Pelosi? I don't know if she's ready to go back into the general population of House of Representative members. Maybe she won't even show up to vote. Who knows? But a lot of these representatives are getting up there in age. You wonder how many of them may be retiring sometime in the future. Let me go back um, some other things. we got so many different audio clips I want to play. Uh, I wanted to go back to something Lindsey Graham said the other day. So just to put some context, I've been doing a lot of fill-in work for radio stations across the country. And this morning I did a show for South Carolina. So that's right in the wheelhouse of Lindsey Graham. He is hated. <laughs> he is hated there by Republicans. And nationally speaking, he's gone through some ebbs and flows. And I think a lot of people were disappointed that he voted for this spending package that the $1.7 that will probably swell up to closer to like, you know, $2 trillion or even more as they try to figure different ways to offset some of the spending. And some of these things they will eventually get to over the course of a lifetime, it's going to cost a lot more. So Lindsey Graham was one of the Republicans that could have said, no, we're not doing this. Uh, we don't like what is going on at the border, so we need to stop that, and we're not going to fund to make it worse. Uh, also, I don't like that no one's read this bill. I don't like all of these different 4,000 pages of earmarks that who knows where this money's going to. It's not responsible for us to spend this way. Some Republicans have come out and said that, Rand Paul being one of the most vocal. You had Senator Johnson in Wisconsin, and you also had Senator Braun from Indiana. So those were like the top three that said we're going to protest it. But next thing you know, all of these different Republicans were on board with spending money we don't have and putting our into even further debt. And it's a scary thought. And I don't like the idea of it. But I thought of all the senators, maybe Lindsey Graham would be one of them that stood up to this budget and saying, no, we're not going to do this. Instead, he did the opposite. Uh, he kind of went the Mitch McConnell way. And I think a lot of people don't take kindly to that. And this is where you see a lot of ripples in the Republican Party right now. Here is uh, Lindsey Graham. The Biden budget increased defense spending by 5%. Inflation is over 7%. So what did we do today? We increased defense spending by 10%. The Biden budget increased non-defense spending by 13 We flipped it. In the bill I voted for today, non-defense spending went up 5%. Defense spending went up 10%. The men and women of the military got a raise, and they got more money than inflation. And if you did nothing, you're reducing defense spending in a time of great danger. The process sucks. Yeah, it does. Well, then you didn't have to participate or try to play into it, because if you don't like it, then why are you agreeing with it by signing your name next to it? That's part of the the issue I have with all of this. And the, and the process will continue to stink. Rand Paul was right. He said, if we're talking about national defense, maybe putting us into further debt threatens our national defense more than keeping things status quo with military funding, at least for the moment. Maybe that's going to put us in ultimate danger in the future. Those things do uh, worry about me. But Lindsey Graham, also a huge supporter Vladimir Zelensky from Ukraine, and I think a lot of people do support Ukraine. He's been more of the vocal ones, and I think that has buried him for some people in the Republican Party that are tired of spending more and more money with it. Uh, Zelensky's back in Ukraine. He had another message to his people, and we start to hear about this 
here is uh let's see vladimir Zelensky. let me bring this up real quick uh where was it oh i just missed the clip Oh, that's okay. I lost it. But essentially, he's he's back there. He's still wearing the green olive and asking for more money for the United States. And it's kind of interesting to think. It made me wonder if they specifically held back on this spending bill just so they could get Zelensky in here first to make Republicans feel better about giving more money out. It made me wonder about that. I um, find myself in an interesting situation right now. And I got to tell you, this bitter cold is beating me up. You notice when uh, the temperatures drop and times get really cold that it just just plays havoc on your body. That's something I didn't realize when I was younger. When I was younger, I used to be able to adapt to pretty much any temperature. It could be 120 degrees outside, and I'd be able to work a full eight-hour day and not drink a sip of water, and I'd be fine with that. And it's so strange. Now, today, I'm in my basement. I have a heating pad on to try to keep my back warm because the air that comes through the back of the chair is cold and I have an alpaca blanket over me and here I am nearly pushing 40 and I can't find myself staying healthy whenever I can can't even control the temperature anymore. What's happened here? Like the things I don't like this getting old stuff anymore. I feel like I just the more I complain about it, it makes me even feel older, but I don't know if there's any turnaround in that. I got to take vitamins. I got to talk to doctors. I got to figure out these things. Maybe that's like the, the best thing I can possibly do in the future. But if you're out there and you're uh, hopefully have your power in your house, I'm hoping everything stays. I think the biggest problem that we have, at least in this region, with the wind chill as cold as it is, people trying to travel for Christmas. I really sympathize with you and I feel terrible for anyone that may missed it. But when you're talking about overnight wind chills dropping to like 35 below zero, you can only take a few days of that. And I'm hoping your furnace and everything else keeps up um, just for the sake of Christmas. Maybe you'll have a Christmas miracle and you'll get where you need to go just in time. All right, got a couple of other things I want to get to coming up in the next hour. Uh, Sue's News is one of my favorite segments. I saw e-scooters are coming back. Paul Hall is with Common Guys Film Reviews. You can find him at commonguy.com. There's so many different movies out there. Maybe he can try to pump up Avatar because I'm not excited about it, and I thought the first Avatar movie was boring. So maybe he can try to shed some new light on how I might even be able to enjoy a movie like Avatar. Frank Cusimano, you can see the uh, KSDK Sports Director. We'll talk sports with him, of course, and some of the national signings that happen with the high school kids around the region getting ready to go to these major college programs. I'm excited to mention a few things with Frank next hour, too. So much to get to as we get ready for your Christmas weekend on 97.1 FM Talk. Get more at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.